cliffcentral.com. So there are lots of other things in the news. We'll get to a few of those later on. But right now it is time to welcome Dr. Hanan Bushkin. And on a Monday morning, this is usually what we do, is we get to speak to Dr. Hanan in our little segment called It's Gonna Be Okay. Dr. Hanan Bushkin is, of course, renowned psychologist, head of the Anxiety and Trauma Clinic in Johannesburg. And he joins us this morning from his study at home. Hey, Doc, how are you? I wish this was my study at home. Is it not? Are you I'm at, already at the... Where are you at? Uh, <laughs> I'm actually at the clinic. I'm actually in uh, in another office. We just don't have any electricity, and my room is pitch dark. You wouldn't oh, be able to see me. I thought that was your. Yeah. I thought that was a painting by you on the back wall there. It's not some Rorschach <laughs> thing, is it? What is that? It's actually the ch- child therapist room that I'm using. <laughs> okay. Okay. So it was a kid who did that. I hear I was. I was about to give you credit for some really abstract art, but it's it's it's, it's in one of the kids' rooms. Do, do psychologists still use those Rorschach kind of butterfly things to get people to say what they see in a picture? They do the Rorschach test, the ink block test. Yes. Uh, so it, yeah, it's become a. It has become much more standardized, but we. We hardly use it. Some old, old traditional psychotherapists, psychodynamic therapists use it, um, and psychiatrists use it to create some, uh, create some talking points and to get some insight. But uh, we don't use it. What is we it, don't find it effective. What is it meant to, in in terms of classic kind of psychology? What is it meant to tell you when people describe what they see in one of those? blot tests or we used to make them at school you put stuff on the one side and you close it and then it makes like a butterfly right no it's a it's it's quite uh it's quite rich in information can tell your relationship a specific relationship between uh parents between you and parents really? uh, childhood difficulties traumas rejection uh, sexual abuse so it can reveal it's it's great talking points because uh, I can show you a picture of anything and ask you what do you see yeah. and whatever you project on the paper it's a great starting point to say why do you see that and where did it come from and how come your perception is this way and that way I sometimes show Leanne pictures like that just so that she can give us some wild interpretation do it in the show just for fun <laughs> all right we should so, actually do that we should yeah. actually do that we should I think it'd be interesting I mean you know we've done all other kinds of things we had numerologists and and astrologers on, we may as well have an actual test that they used to do on people. So listen, we're waiting for Lebang because she's got a story to tell us. But I think this is an interesting story. And if, if Lebang can't join us for whatever reason, she may also have load shedding, who knows. But um, she wanted to ask you about this. Uh, essentially, it's something a lot of people in South Africa are dealing with. A previ- previously absent father of you know one of her kids who wanted to come back into the child's life earlier this year, but is already letting them down again. And she wants to protect her son from this pain. And and I think there are a lot of mothers and sometimes even a few fathers who are trying to keep that absent parent away because the kid is bound to have expectations when they come back into their lives. And if the, if the, if the permanently um, present parent or even the parent who's around the most or is the most responsible can tell that there's there's this absent parent that's going to come back in and then ultimately let the kid down again. They want to protect them against that um, because that, sure. that inconsistency is probably worse for a kid than anything else. Do you want to give us some basic right. overview of, of how to deal with this and also what the impact on children is when a parent comes into their life and then goes and then comes in and goes and what that does to a kid to, to create any idea of how you know, normal human relations are meant to work. 
Right. So putting aside the legal requirements and the legal issues of parental rights and uh, parental involvement and what they can and can't do, on a psychological level, children need consistency and stability. Mm. Take away consistency and stability from a child, the child, the child begins to psychologically spin. So the analogy that I've, I've used before, imagine you're at the back of a plane and the captain comes on and the captain, or maybe the captain and the co-captain are busy fighting. Mm-hmm. We are going to be okay. We're not going to be okay. Hold on. We're going to turn left. Hold on. We're going to turn right. How do you think you're going to feel at the back of the plane? Or you think, or you're going to live with anxiety, panic. You're going to feel overwhelmed. You're going to feel completely out of control versus having both captains agree and say, everything is going to be okay. We might be going through turbulence, but everything we, everything is sorted. You don't have to worry. You're going to sit at the back of the plane and feel much more in control. Whereas parents, we are the captains of, we are the pilots of our children's flight mm-hmm. and if one if one second the captain is in the other second they're out they say they're going to do x they do y we're going to be sitting or children are going to be sitting at the back of the plane feeling completely out of control well as a matter of fact i, I just i love this so sorry i love this example because if you if you can imagine as an adult being on a plane and hearing halfway through your flight that your captain has changed that's not going to make you feel very comfortable or very secure all of us are going to go, oh, my God, what happened to the other captain, right? It's the most right. perfect example. Exactly. It's a great metaphor. It is It is a great metaphor, and especially as adults, um, we can kind of reason it and we can come up with um, perhaps logical answers of why the captain has changed. Can you imagine children sure. that are not able to do so? Where's, where's dad? Why is he not here? He yeah. promised he'd be here for my birthday. And by the way, the same goes for mom. It might work the other way around. Where's mom? She promised she'd come and fetch me. Why mm. is she not here? Now, by the way, we give parents, of course, leeway to make mistakes. Uh, there's no such thing as a perfect parent. You can be late to your child this. You can sometimes have work commitments that doesn't allow you to do X, Y, and Z that you promise. That's okay. But it must be the anomaly, the exception, not mm. the, the rule. If the rule is inconsistent, if your standard is being inconsistent, you promise you'd be there, but you're not. What's going to happen to your children, believe it or not, and this is a really important point. Your kids will adapt. Right. Now, hear me out. The, your kids will adapt. But what are they adapting to? They're adapting to chaos. And you know what children go and do once they have a familiar environment? They go and copy-paste. They take what they know, mm-hmm. and they go out and create the same thing with new relationships. So if a child becomes familiar with chaos, they go out of the way when they're old enough and they go and create exactly that. They seek relationships that are turbulent. They seek relationships that are abusive. They ch- seek relationships that are inconsistent and unstable because that is what they know. Mm. People don't repeat or don't create what they want. People repeat what they know. People don't create what they want. People think, we think consciously we want X, we want Y, mm-hmm. but all we do, we go out of our way to recreate exactly what is familiar to us. So the the typical example of like uh, the abused woman that keeps on picking an abusive guy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And they will all be lined up in my office saying, I want somebody kind, somebody consistent, somebody stable, somebody nice, somebody that comes from a good family, somebody that says X and does X. 
but they will all go out and create and repeat the same pattern. They'll be in a social gathering, 100 men, 99 of those men will treat them like absolute princess, the one guy that will absolutely abuse and control, and that's who she picks. And she doesn't pick him for any other reason except that's familiar. And you'll ask her, why did you pick him? And she'll say, she won't even understand on a psychological level why it happened. She'll say, he's so good looking, he's so funny, he's so charming, he's so confident. But on a deep psychological level, the reason why she picked him is because he is familiar. And then people ask me, but Hanan, how does she even know that that's the abusive guy? Because there's something very subtle. The way he holds his glass reminds her on a subconscious level the way her dad did, or the way that uh, he dances on the dance floor, or the way he walks, or in very small little fine details. It's just there's something very familiar. And remember, the subconscious mind is not geared towards your happiness. It's geared towards survival. And that's why you will always create not what will make you happy, but what will ensure your survival, which is familiarity. It's also easier, isn't it? it you know, the... The, the path where you have to do, your brain has to do the um, less work and it's not as challenging. You don't have to challenge yourself. It's the easier path. Definitely. You're conserving so much energy just going back to what is autopilot. And that's what we're doing, by the way, to our kids. That's the biggest cost of having an absent or inconsistent parenting. Mm. Your children will adapt and they will go out and create exactly the same thing in their lives because that is what becomes familiar. So then to go back to the example that started this conversation, <clears throat> better to keep those inconsistent people out of a child's life because the child re requires and craves consistency, or they're going to end up going for somebody in their adult life, being in a relationship that reminds them of that instability and that copy and paste stuff you were telling us about from their own childhood. Is this also why uh, they, they come up with that really terrible and irritating saying, where, you know, where they refer specifically to women in, in the case of this example. And they're like, oh, she just, she loves bad guys. She's always after the bad guys. She, she seems to have a, a liking for these rebellious dudes who are exactly the opposite of what she explains she wants. So she falls in love with the guy from the biker gang or, you know, the dude who's, who's, um, involved in illicit uh, drug dealing or the guy who keeps breaking the rules or just the dude who's, um, who's inconsistent and and somehow doesn't uh, deliver on responsibilities. Is that where that comes from? So it could be, I think, uh, I mean, on a, on a historical level, women like bad guys because very protective, but only in the short term. In the long term, we want somebody that's stable and consistent and predictable. So in the short term, it's very appealing, but in the long term, mm -hmm. Um, people, women, especially women, they go for something very, very different. And I'll share a story with you. And I think this would be also a great example of how we actually can shift that. I had a, uh, a patient, 29 years old. He grew up in a very destructive household. His father actually left him when he was very young. His mother never hugged him, never kissed him, never held him. There was never any consistency and healthy touch uh, whilst he was growing up. Mm -hmm. He's 29 years old. He's gay. Every relationship that he gets into is with destructive men, men that cheat on him, men that steal from him, men that do drugs, men that uh, abuse him physically as well. And he came to me because he wanted to break the cycle. And I said to him, tell me, when a nice guy, or when, in, let's call it, let's say the, the horrible guy comes and wants to be with you, the horrible guy, mm -hmm. the inconsistent guy, what does that feel like? He goes, fireworks, something to fix, something to change. Mm -hmm. 
And I said to him, when a nice guy comes up to you and wants to engage with you, what does that feel like? Guess what he says? Boring. 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 No attraction, no excitement. Exactly. But actually on a subconscious level, what's happening, he's interpreting it as boring, but what is happening on a very subconscious level, the one guy's familiar and the other guy and the energy is unfamiliar. And uh, guess what I made him do? Well, the method to treat it is expose him to a new environment. So I made him date the, the boring, consistent, stable guy. And initially he wanted to not only kill him, but kill me as well because it was so boring. He hated every second of it, but we made him do it and he hated it. We made him do it and he hated it. And we made him do it. And probably about 13 weeks later, 13 weeks, almost three months later, he says to me, he sits in my office and says, Hanan, I'm learning to appreciate it. I said, what do you mean? He says, it's so weird. When the guy says he'll be home at seven, he's home at seven. <laughs> when he said he'll do X, he does X. We changed his familiar. Now they've been together for about three and a half years wow. because we changed his familiar. So just because you grew up with it, hmm. it doesn't mean that you have to live with it. You can shape your perception, your reality by creating different experiences wow. today. Uh, you know, I, I'm kind of pleased that we didn't go too much into the particular example in hand because what you've just described is probably something that so many South Africans, especially because we've got so many people who were raised in inconsistent ways in South Africa. We've got so many absent parents. We've got so many parents who just did not give that familiarity that a kid needs to a stable situation. And I reckon there are plenty of us this morning who are listening to this going, Hold on a second. That makes sense. That 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 I I hear myself in what Doctor Hanan's saying about this inconsistency, about this pattern of like not necessarily good for you, pathological even, and certainly inconsistent stuff. And that's why I'm looking for that the whole time because that's what I know. Not the right, right way to absolutely. care. That's not the way to improve your life, right? Definitely. And by the way, you don't just seek for it in a romantic partner. You seek them for it in friendships, mm. in relation with colleagues, in relation with a boss. So yeah. it, it permeates every relationship, not just a romantic partnership, but permeates into every relationship. And, and that, that is also so complicated because we're certainly not victim blaming, which is something that, you know, gets thrown around as a term a lot. But if you are someone who's constantly choosing these really awful people in your life, there's a part of you that has to take responsibility for that and change your ways. Otherwise, you're going to keep, you're going to keep on finding yourself in this situation. And of course, the you know these bad people have as much, if not more, responsibility to bear. But if you're allowed to keep on happening, that's on you. Absolutely, because you have the power. You don't have the power to control anybody else. Yeah. You have the power to set boundaries and put yourself in environments and situations that are much healthier for you. It's not easy. But as in the example that I've given you, it's possible to shift your perspective and to change, to shift your patterns. Mm. Well, thank you, Doc. This is really, really interesting stuff. And I can imagine, and I'm just judging from some of the comments, that this is precisely what we needed to hear this Monday morning. Always good to see you. Thank you so much. Again, nice to see you guys. I just have to say that if you have any um, particular issue that you want to talk to Dr. Hanan about, if there's something that you'd like us to address on the show, this is your chance to get some free therapy and you can be a part of the show. Just send us an email, contact at cliffcentral.com. We want to hear from you. Cheers, Doc. We'll see you next week. Great to see you. Bye, guys. Cheers. That's Dr. Hanan Bushkin. Always good. Cliffcentral.com.